a time of so much information, but so little understanding. A time of so many opinions, but so little truth. We need wisdom. God loves when we seek it. God gives when we seek it. Well, hey, it's so good to be with you this morning. We're so glad that you're joining us. Today, we're back in the book of Proverbs, continuing our series called Pursuing Wisdom. And maybe you've been away for a few weeks, or maybe you're just joining us. Um, just to recapture what we're doing in this series is we're tackling the topic of wisdom, what it is, where it's found, and how can we apply it to every area of our life. And today our topic is going to be the topic of generosity. And so we're going to bring this idea of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, and this idea of generosity together. And we're going to listen to God speak and let him shape our perspective around this most important topic. And so if you have a Bible, why don't you go ahead and grab it and turn to Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. That's where we're going to be camping out. That's going to be our anchor verse for our time together today. Now, as you're turning there, years ago, there was a guy named Henry Nouwen. He was a writer, a, a professor, a theologian, a Catholic priest um, who lived through some pretty tumultuous times in our world, some of the most tumultuous times in human history. He was a child in World War II. He lived under the threat of, of nuclear bomb during the Cold War years. He lived during the fall of the Berlin Wall. He lived when the first human walked on the moon. I mean, this man lived in some very tumultuous, challenging, and amazing times. And as he would reflect on this world that he inhabited, this world we live in, he said something I think is really important for us to hear. He said this, he said, Wherever we go, we are surrounded by words. Words softly whispered, loudly proclaimed, or angrily screamed. Words spoken, recited, or sung. Words on records, in books, on walls, or in the sky. Words in many sounds, many colors, or many forms. Words to be heard, read, seen, or glanced at. Words which flicker off and on, move slowly, dance, jump, or wiggle. Words. Words, words, they form the floor, the walls, and the ceiling of our existence. Now, when Nowen was describing this world that we live in, he was describing a world where everywhere we look, the floor, the ceiling, the walls, there are voices speaking into our life, telling us how to live, and that those voices, he would go on to say, is that they have power to shape our lives, shape the way we see the world and the way we live in it. And confronted with this reality, Nowen started asking the question, how do we live in a world like this? How do we, more than that, how, how do we live well in a world like this with so much coming at us, so much that can shape our perspective? And the answer that Nowen came up with and the answer that we have been diving deep into in this series is that we need to let God speak into our lives and let him shape our perspective because he's the one who created the world and knows how life works best. And so that's what we're going to do today, is we're going to be back in the book of Proverbs, and we are going to let God speak to us about generosity, and we pick up what he says in chapter 11, verse 24 of Proverbs. He says this, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. 
Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Now here we're confronted with a paradox and a problem. The problem is this, that what Proverbs has just said doesn't really fit into our view of things and how they naturally work. I mean, if you look back at verse 24 and 25, look at what the, pro- the proverb says. It says, the person that gives freely and brings blessing into people's lives is the one who is richest. That the person who has the means and the opportunity to give but doesn't is the person who is poor. And so what we see is this dynamic, this, this problem that comes at us, that, which presents a paradox that one person is viewed as generous and the other is not, and the trend of their lives is different. See, the person who is generous in verse 24 and 25 is the, is, is the one that's trending towards more in their life. Their life is growing richer. They have an increase in abundance. Their life is enriched. They're actually made to prosper, to be satisfied, and to thrive. But what about the person who withholds what they should give, who has the means and the opportunity to give but doesn't? Well, Proverbs says that the trend of their life is to less, that they actually grow poor, that theirs is a life of lack and scarcity, whereas the person who is generous is the one who thrives and flourishes. So we're confronted with a problem, but we're also confronted with a paradox. It's put before us, and the paradox is this, that the richest people are not those with the most money, but those who are the most generous with what they have. Confused? Yeah, me too. From a human standpoint, this doesn't really make sense. I mean, not really. I mean, common sense tells us that the way to wealth is to hold on to our money and our possessions, that that when we save and when we accumulate, that's how we get wealth. That's how we become richer. I mean, you ask any financial planner or accountant, they'll say that it's wise to save and, and invest your money well. And it's true. And Proverbs isn't disputing that. But Proverbs is challenging and confronting a common assumption that we carry and it's thrust upon us by the culture and the world around us. And the assumption is this, that what you have is what makes you rich. That the money that's in your bank account, the investments, your retirement account, the house you own, the car or cars that you have, the the gadgets, the toys, the things that you have, the world comes and says, what you have is what makes you rich rich. And here again, the wisdom of God confronts the wisdom of the world. Look again at verses 24 and 25. It's the one who gives freely who's described as rich, not the one who withholds. It's the one who brings blessing into people's lives. Their life is the one who's enriched, not the one who withholds. It's a paradox. It's a problem. Now, I know this doesn't seem logical, and it maybe even feels off somehow, but God's perspective is this, that the richest people are not those with the most money, but the people who are most generous with what they have. Now, honestly, it's hard for me to get my head and my heart wrapped around this. It really is. Even more honestly, I kind of wish this wasn't God's perspective, I kind of wish that this, is what, what, this wasn't what Proverbs was teaching because withholding is so much easier than generosity. If you think about it, generosity is so much harder. It asks more of us. It asks us to trust God, to let go of control. It asks us to open our hands and loosen our grip on our life and the stuff that we have. 
And so, in some ways, withholding is so much easier than generosity. And yet, Proverbs is telling us that generosity is a wiser way to live and to be in the world. So, what gives? Well, alongside this this paradox that Proverbs 11 gives us, Proverbs 11 is also teaching us about two things that we really need to get our hands on and our hearts around when it comes to generosity. The first is this, is that generosity is what makes you truly rich. See, it's the generous person in verse 24 who grows richer. When they give, they grow. Instead of having less, they experience more when they give. And then it's the person in verse 25, the uh, the person who brings blessing into other people's lives, who is a blessing, theirs is a life that is enriched. And that word enriched is an interesting word. It means they will be made to prosper. They will have an abundance. They will be satisfied and they will thrive. And so there's this richness that can be found in generosity that cannot be found when you withhold what you should give, when you hold back from those in need. And these riches could be material wealth, but I also think it's more than that. See, I think what Proverbs is showing us and and what it's talking about is that there is a deeper kind of richness to be found in life. A deeper kind of richness that you can't find when it comes to withholding or holding back. The deeper kind of richness is the kind of richness you experience when you give and you give freely, when you're a blessing to other people, when you see someone who is in need who doesn't have, who has a lack of some kind, and you have the ability to give, and you give, Proverbs is teaching us that there's a deeper kind of richness that we experience. And that richness is the richness of a satisfied soul and a thriving life that can only be found in God. And it's so interesting because Proverbs is teaching us that The lifestyle of generosity is the way to that richness, which flies again in the face of what culture is teaching us and wants us to believe. The whole message of advertising, the whole uh, end game for advertising is get you to buy into the idea that what you have is what makes you rich. But the wisdom of God flips that on its head and says it's not what you have that makes you rich. It's what what you give away that makes you rich. And so here, the wisdom of God is this, is that generosity is what makes you truly rich, which makes generosity a greater goal than wealth. And here's the thing. This is not to say that having money or material wealth is wrong, because it isn't. Wealth isn't wrong. It's the unrelenting pursuit of it that lacks wisdom. That's what Proverbs teaches later in in chapter 23. It says this, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. See, in other words, wealth is fleeting. It's an elusive target because just when you think you've got it, it slips through your fingers and you need more. See, wealth can't give you what you think it can and it can't give you what you ultimately need. And so the heart issue that Proverbs is bringing into our lives is not whether you have money or not, it's whether your money has you. And when your money has you, the reality is, is you will hold back what you should give. You will hold back what you should give. But maybe it's not that your money has your heart, that that's the pursuit of your life. Maybe it's fear. Maybe for you today, uh, you're sitting there and you wonder and you're afraid, if I give away what I have, I won't have what I need. 
Maybe that fear is, is there for you. Or maybe it's flat-out disobedience. You know all the right things. You know what God says about being generous. You know everything that the Bible has to say about generous, but still you're choosing not to give. Not just monetarily. You're not, maybe you're not giving uh, words of encouragement uh, or, or things that people need. Maybe there's someone in your life that you just are ignoring or not aware of because you're so preoccupied with yourself and what you want. Maybe you're the person who is being disobedient. See, whatever that looks like for you, wherever you land on the spectrum, the problem is, is that when we are ruled by fear, when we're not listening to what God says is the best way to live in this world, when you are owned by the money, you'll hold back. And the problem with holding back is this, your life is going to get smaller. And that's a sad thing because your life was made for so much more. And this is what Proverbs is teaching us. The second big thing that Proverbs is teaching us is that generosity opens up more to us than we can ever imagine. And that's the second thing that Proverbs 11 wants to teach us, that when we give, we gain more than we ever could from withholding. See, as we give, we grow richer. We are enriched. We are refreshed, whether it's words of encouragement, our time, our attention, our money, our food, clothing, help, the resources we have, whatever it is, Proverbs is teaching us that when we give, it opens up a whole world of possibility for us, for others, and the world we live in. You know, the story in the Gospels about Jesus, and it's a famous story. It's a story about when he takes five loaves of bread and two fish, and he multiplies them to feed over 5,000 people. And I think this story really highlights something about Jesus, that he was always preoccupied with his father and with people and what they needed. And his disciples, which I see so much of myself in all the time, is they were more preoccupied with themselves and the status and the position they had in Jesus' group of followers. And so there's this story as Jesus is being followed by this huge crowd of people Everyone was just drawn to Jesus, and they wanted to be near to him, and they wanted to be around him, and, and it's going on a long day, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, they look like they're hungry, we should give them something to eat. And the disciples' response was, well, let's send them away. Let them figure out how to get their own food. And Jesus says, no, let's give them something to eat. And I love this, because it's a little boy who has five loaves of bread and two fish, and he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, this is what I have, can you use this? And Jesus takes that bread. And miraculously, he multiplies it to feed over 5,000 people. Now, when you think about that, the generosity of one little boy opened up a whole world of possibility that would not have existed if it wasn't for Jesus being preoccupied with other people and their needs. See, the disciples were so preoccupied with what they thought uh, was right and good and true that they missed what could have happened. When they were willing to withhold, they would have missed what Jesus accomplish, what Jesus did. And that's the thing about generosity is it opens up this whole world for us. And here's the thing that we really need to grab a hold of. It's beautiful is that we don't need to worry about whether we'll have enough if we give. Because as Proverbs says here, when we pour ourselves out for others, God will pour into us. He will refresh us. He will water us. There's just something in the heart of God that loves to be generous to those who are generous, that loves to bring blessing to those who are bringing blessings into other people's lives. Time and again, we see this in the Bible, like, like in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, or 2 Corinthians 9, 6, is that when we open our hands, God fills them. Because God's 
storehouses of grace have no limit, and he is able to supply every need that we have. It's amazing. Now, it needs to be said that we don't give to get from God. God's not some slot machine where we put money in, pull a lever, and and he pumps out more money. That's not who God is. That's not how God works. So we don't give to get from God. We give in response to the God who has given so much to us. And when it comes to generosity, this is the key. See, at the core of Christianity is a God who gave. One of the most famous and well-known verses in the Bible is John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world. What did he do? He gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So at the core of Christianity is an unprecedented, never-before-seen, unrivaled, unequaled, extravagant, scandalous gift. God gives himself for us. Just think about Jesus and what he gave in his life and his death and his resurrection. Jesus gave up perfection in heaven and worship in heaven to become human. He gave himself over in his life to be a servant. His whole life was to lift people up, to give them the life of flourishing that they deserved, that they didn't have, but were created to have. Jesus gave himself over to death for us. No one made him do it. Jesus willingly gave himself. No one had to tug his arm or coerce him. Jesus willingly gave himself over to death for us. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, when he was slowly suffocating to death, what was Jesus doing? Jesus was giving. He was forgiving people. He was crying out to my God, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus was giving forgiveness. He was also giving salvation. There were two criminals on the, either side of him that were being crucified alongside Jesus, and, and Jesus bestows salvation upon one of them. He's giving in that moment. He even looks down at his mom, hanging on the cross. He looks at his mom, and he looks at her and knows she's going to be vulnerable, knows that she's going to need some help. This is a huge loss for her, and he looks at his best friend, John, and he says, John, take care of my mom. And then he gave his life. Jesus gave until He breathed his last breath. This is the kind of God we have, generous beyond our wildest imagination. This is who we worship, a God who's held nothing back from us, who continuously gives us so much in Jesus that it's absolutely staggering, that it's absolutely amazing. And when we see that, and we let that reality get into our hearts, something is going to happen in us. We will be able to step out of fear of not having enough, or or a life of, of holding back. And we will be able to step into a life of generosity and actually be the person Proverbs 11 is talking about, a person who is rich, not because of what they have, but because of what they give. Let's pray together. God of mercy and grace, we love you. When we stop and we start to think about the amazing and wondrous extravagance of what you've given us, the generosity that is poured out of you over and over and over again, and most ultimately in Jesus, it staggers us, it humbles us, and it changes us. And so my prayer for myself and for every person listening is that that they would encounter this generous God in this moment, 
and be totally blown away by your generosity to them. And that in that, God, you would change them from the inside out to become someone that Proverbs 11 is talking about. Someone who is truly rich with the riches of God. Someone who gives freely and holds nothing back because our God held nothing back from us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.